we leave our paying jobs only to go home to a second shift, having to carry the brunt of household chores and childcare responsibilities. And so it's no wonder that so many of us, more than 70% of us, are suffering from burnout because we never actually turned off the sympathetic switch. We're always on and never really having a chance to recharge and rest. But the unspoken consequence of this is that not only does it affect our work life, our marriages suffer, our families suffer, and our personal health all suffer simultaneously because it's a very delicate balancing act. And one always affects all of the others unless we choose to break the cycle. Hi, my friend. Welcome back to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA, a public health practitioner with a background in neuroscience and a peak performance coach. I'm here to empower you, an ambitious healthcare professional with a demanding career, just like me, to become a confident leader who are living fulfilled and purposeful so you can be both a powerhouse in your career and the passionate person in life without feeling overwhelmed, underappreciated, or undervalued. As a bonus, we're hosting an online summit just for you live starting on July 27th to August 1st with 18 experts in our field to give you a recharge in life. All the proceeds will be donated to the Brave of Heart Fund, which supports healthcare professionals and their family who has passed away due to COVID-19. But it is free to join. So hop over to sabrinarumbach.com forward slash summit to find out more. You can also see the link in our show note. In the meantime, let's continue our journey for your powerful and passionate life with today's episode. Dr. LeBlanc, and um, she is one of the national top rank physician, and she helps powerful women in healthcare, especially physicians, to really come out of state of burned out and convert into a life that you feel proud and you feel joyful. And uh, she has definitely set great example for us as uh, she carries out her journey as a healthcare professional. Please take away, Dr. LeBlanc. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. And, you know, we connected just through being speakers and being able to really serve people in a similar round and having a quick session with her the other day to give you guys an additional pre-session. I think that was really great that we were just like conversation just flowing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We have so much in common. So it was awesome. And thank you for everyone who tuned in. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who was able to tone in any of our pre-session bonus speaking engagements. And one thing that I do like to say is I also ask all our speakers to take a quick life assessment. And the idea is let's find out what really is the killer in our harmony and career, right? Truly to what does that mean for all of us? 
despite how much of expert you are, there are ways that we can leverage our strength more and also be able to notice what we could have unintentionally missed. And that's when we haven't feel like, oh, I'm 100% 10 out of 10. So I sent Dr. LeBlanc her result before today's summit. And so would you like to give us a quick reflection of what you think anything surprised you when you look at the result when I gave it to you? No, I think it was pretty right on target. I've had a lot of changes over the last two years, like major moving and just changes within my family. So it made sense that love and family relationships and social life were two of the biggest areas that needed improvement. So yeah, no, it made total, total sense. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And now I turning our presentation back to you for you to begin. And by the way, I love that assessment. So that was awesome. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Mosula Blanc, affectionately better known as Dr. Mo. And I empower professional women to be just as successful in life as they are at work because you don't have to sacrifice to have it all. And I'm passionate about the topic of burnout because I was once there. You know, at the time, I didn't see the warning signs. And it wasn't until my marriage started falling apart and things started falling apart at work that I got the message loud and clear. And I experienced many of the symptoms that we'll go on to talk about, the panic attacks, the irritability, the anger, insomnia, you name it, I probably experienced it. And so if you're struggling with this, know that I've been there and that I was able to find a way out of burnout and to heal my marriage. And so that is why I stand for women in medicine to thrive professionally while still having fun at home and having healthy bodies. That's my why. But why does this matter on a bigger level? Well, you know, when I looked up burnout, I was pretty surprised to find out that burnout was actually first recognized within the healthcare industry. It was noticed among healthcare workers and caregivers, but at this point, it's so widespread that every industry is impacted by burnout. And one study found that as many as 70% of all workers experienced burnout symptoms at some point in time. And if that doesn't convince you, last year, the WHO, for the very first time, classified burnout as an ICD-10 medical diagnosis and direct cause of poor health outcomes. And so burnout is defined as chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed, leading to physical and mental exhaustion. And the symptoms include irritability, sadness, worry, apathy, poor sleep, panic attacks, cynicism, poor concentration and forgetfulness, hopelessness, dissatisfaction with work, and other nonspecific medical complaints such as chronic headaches, GI complaints, and other stress-induced illnesses. But one of the common misconceptions is that burnout doesn't happen all at once. It's not this black and white concept where one day you have it and the next day you don't, or vice versa. It's actually a large area of gray, and it is a very gradual in how it develops. But the good thing about that is that you don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom before you decide to make a change. And so today, choose today that tomorrow 
will be different. And when we look at what are the risk factors for burnout, you know, the major risk is that we don't have an opportunity to recharge. You know, we need time to recover. Our bodies were designed to handle stress in short bursts, but many of us stay up at that high stress level in fight or flight sympathetic mode, and we rarely leave from that. And so I believe that in addition to the growing workload and the the electronical medical records, another major aspect leading to burnout is the fact that we have poor work boundary. And that looks like whenever we take our charting home to do later on, when we open up our work emails after we've left work, if we're working on research at home or other administrative tasks, that we never have the separation between being on at work versus being off, able to recharge and rest and really get a true respite. And if that's not enough, Many more of us, particularly women, find that we leave our paying jobs only to go home to a second shift, having to carry the brunt of household chores and childcare responsibilities. And so it's no wonder that so many of us, more than 70% of us, are suffering from burnout because we never actually turned off the sympathetic switch. We're always on and never really having a chance to recharge and rest. But the unspoken consequence of this is that not only does it affect our work life, our marriages suffer, our families suffer, and our personal health all suffer simultaneously because it's a very delicate balancing act. And one always affects all of the others unless we choose to break the cycle. And so that's what I'm going to talk to us today about how can we break the cycle today? And the most important thing, as I alluded to earlier, is that we really need to disconnect or let's say reconnect and charge. Everyone always remembers to charge their cell phones in the evening, right? And if you don't, you're like, oh my gosh, how did I let this happen? But then we forget to charge ourselves. And even though we all have these very fancy phones, you know, we, even though mine is cracked, <laughs> I mean, these are $500 plus phones, but clearly our mental, emotional, and physical well-being is priceless. And so don't treat your phone better than you treat yourself. And so the way that we recharge is that we participate in self-care activities. And so I like to call it self-love, self-nurturing, self-acceptance. You can call it whatever you want, but ultimately it's a time for you to rest and take care of yourself. And the benefit of self-care is that it literally does just that. It turns off the sympathetic system and it turns on the parasympathetic system and allows you to go into rest and digest, to fully recharge. And the benefits of this is that it allows you to be more efficient at work. A lot of times my clients will say, I don't have time for self-care. I don't have time for myself. The reality is, is that when you do invest those small opportunities, those small moments of time for yourself, you actually become more focused and more efficient when you're actually doing your actual work. And so it's very counterintuitive, but if you want to be more efficient and hit higher targets and get more done at work, the best thing you can actually do is take time out to rest and do self-care. 
It also raises your emotional vibration. It's literally the foundation of all major healing, this resting state. And it also says to the world that you are worthy and your happiness is important. Remember, we teach people how to treat us. And so if we don't treat ourselves as being worthy of happiness, do you think your employer is going to suddenly treat you or suddenly value your happiness? Probably not. So until we value our own happiness and our own time away from work, we can't expect our employers to value that either. And so while I could give a whole long lecture on how to actually create an effective self-care program, we have very limited time. And the best way that you can actually do that, I actually created an amazing guide for you guys. It's called the Burnout to Bliss Bundle Toolkit. And so it has a lot of information on how to create a self-care program and many other things. But I'm actually going to talk about once you've created a self-care program, how to get the most benefit for it and get the biggest bang for your buck. So let's go into that. First of all, to have an effective self-care program and get the most out of it, A, make it non-negotiable and schedule it. We will often break promises to ourselves, but if we put it on a schedule, we are far more likely to commit to it and actually follow through. And so for all of my clients for the first 21 days, because we know 21 days to create a habit is important, I have them schedule their self-care out every single day. B, give yourself permission to carve out this time for yourself and to enjoy it. No more mommy guilt. Just say no more to guilt and shame. You deserve it. You get one life. This is not a dress rehearsal and you deserve to have fun. And you shouldn't be made to feel guilty for taking a few moments for your mental sanity. Believe me, your entire family will thank you if you return to them in a calm, sane manner because <laughs> oftentimes when we don't take that, we actually are more irritable, less patient, more short with the people that we love. And so once you start taking this time out, your family, your friends will appreciate it and the guilt will disappear. So don't even start with it. There's no need. C. Name it and claim it. It's important that we actually have a good intention about this time. Because what you'll find is that a lot of these self-care activities that you'll create for yourself are no different from things that you may do on a normal everyday basis. But something completely transforms the experience when you actually say, I'm spending, like, this is my self-care time now. This is my time. This is mommy time. This is me time. When you say that, either out loud or to yourself before you engage in the activity, it completely transforms the experience. And then the outcome is so much more profound. You're going to feel more rested, more calm, more at peace after doing it. Even if you did that same thing every day without calling it a specific thing and without recognizing that it is your specific time for you. So it seems like it's very small, but it will have a traumatic impact if you're able to call it something and acknowledge that you are stepping into that special time every time you engage. D, 
I'm sure you've heard this. We even talked about it on our pre-visit is that no is a complete sentence. There's going to be tons of people asking for your time, your employer asking you to volunteer for another committee, to do another project, Um, family or friends may want time from you. But the reality is, is that if you're watching this and you're concerned that you are struggling with burnout, the reality is, is that your plate is already full. And so it doesn't make sense to add anything more to the plate because today we're breaking the cycle and we're learning to say no in order to say yes to ourselves. And no is a complete sentence. If you say no or I can't, people will often leave it at that and won't ask for explanation. And so don't be afraid to use those words. It is a complete sentence. The next one, E, is say yes to offers for help. And for my clients, I tell them receive, receive, receive. You know, we're we're always complaining that we don't have enough time or we don't have enough energy. We feel overwhelmed. But the reality is, is if we took a step back, most of us could say that there have been people in our lives offering help, whether it's a spouse to help at home, whether it's coworkers to help at your job. There's usually always people who are offering to help. But the problem is, is that a lot of times us in healthcare, we're high achievers, we're perfectionists, we want to do everything, we're high control people, and we have a hard time giving things up. We have a hard time accepting help. And I tell all my clients, receive, receive, receive. If somebody offers you help, just say thank you and allow them to help you. Because we're in the situation of burnout because we're not accepting all the avenues and resources for help. Okay, so just allow people to make your load lighter. And the converse of that is also true, that it is okay to ask for help for all the same reasons we want to do everything for ourselves. But it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't make you any less capable. It doesn't make you weak. Personally, I think it's the most important skill in order to be an effective leader. And one of the things that I learned early in my career as a physician, and I'm so grateful, is that I actually did an activity where I created a list of all the things that only I could do. And anything that did not fall on that list, I quickly delegated, 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 so that I could really focus on the key areas that were gifts and that needed my expertise and attention and offload everything else that just didn't. And I saw so many of my colleagues going through burnout and I would always try to tell them, well, why don't you offload this? Why don't you offload that? And they would say, but I can't. And the reality is you will never be an effective leader if you're not able to delegate. So learn this one early, ask for help. It will make your life a lot easier. G is to laugh daily. It is one of the best gifts that we can give ourselves because laughter truly is one of the best medicines. It will instantaneously improve your mood. And on top of that, it's infectious. When you start laughing, it lightens the mood of everybody around you. And you're going to find that the more that you can laugh regularly, the faster you'll get through the workload the more easier your teammates will be able to collaborate with one another. It really transforms the entire workplace environment. So I make it a daily habit to look for opportunities to laugh and engage with my coworkers in laughter as well. 
And the next one, H, is that gratitude is the best attitude, leads to the best attitude. It is one of the best quick pick-me-ups. And oftentimes when I'm working with clients, when they're complaining about all the different things that are going wrong, I actually stop them and I say, stop and give me 10, 10 gratitudes that is. And so I have them tell me the 10 things that they're grateful for in this moment. And by the time they get to 10, they've completely forgotten why they were even complaining. It totally transforms their perspective and they find all the things that they could be grateful for and realize that the things that are going wrong are so small compared to the things that are going right. And I actually make this a daily habit where every morning, the first thing I do is write in my journal the 10 things that I'm grateful for. And so it's a great way to focus on all the things that are going right and to allow that to expand in your life. Because life isn't what happens to us, it's really how we respond to it. And so gratitude always keeps us in the right place to be able to receive more and more great things. The next thing is that I tell people to check in with their emotions regularly. First of all, there's so much healing that happens when we can actually label our emotions because otherwise we're just don't feel well. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel good. But if we can actually put an emotion to it, like I feel anxious, I feel overwhelmed, I feel scared. It really helps us to better process that energy and actually move through that emotion and energy. And the problem with many of us in healthcare is that we've been conditioned and actually trained to disassociate from our emotions and to numb out. It's the only way to get through watching somebody die and then having to go into the next room as if nothing happened. And while this may be very effective in the medical setting, it's extremely toxic in any other setting. It doesn't allow us to connect to the ones that we love, like our spouses, our children, our friends. It actually creates discord when we take that same coping mechanism and apply it to other areas of our life. And so I try to help women in healthcare to reconnect with their heart center and by on a daily basis asking themselves, how do I feel right now? What is it that I want? What are my desires? And really allowing us to connect inwardly and to get in touch with our emotions so that we can really feel again and really be human because only robots are numb and emotionless. And we don't want to become robots. We really do want to maintain our humanistic characteristics that really drove us into medicine to begin with. We all have great hearts and there's no reason why we should have to numb out our hearts to be able to do our job effectively. And the last thing is that remove toxic people from your surroundings. Whether it's coworkers, whether it's friends, family, if they're always bringing you down, if they're talking down to you, if you don't feel good when you leave their presence or in their presence, then that's a great sign that they are not your people, that they are not adding anything to your life and they're probably adding more stress to your life. And so making it a habit to limit your time with those people is going to be very helpful in terms of maintaining your mental sanity and getting out of burnout and getting to a place of bliss. And so we went through quite a lot today. I'll just kind of quickly summarize. So make it non-negotiable by scheduling it, 
giving yourself permission to carve out this time without guilt, naming it and claiming this self-care time, saying no, saying yes for help. It's okay to ask for help. Finding reasons to laugh daily, gratitude leading to the best attitude and checking in with emotions and removing toxic people from your surroundings. My quick tips on how to effectively get the most benefit out of a great self-care program. And like I said, please, 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 if you want to learn more about this and get more support, check out my free Burnout to Bliss Bundle Toolkit, where you can download it at bit.ly forward slash blissmd for a full self-care guide, affirmation, journals, a what not to do list, anxiety buster tool, and so much more. And you certainly could go at this alone by utilizing this information I shared today and my free guide. But if you need greater support, feel free to reach out. And again, this is Dr. Mo, empowering women to break out of the burnout cycle and step into a life of bliss on their own terms. Thank you so much, Dr. Mo, for giving us those awesome tips, right? I think uh, one of the best things that I connect with definitely first step when I was in that state of being stuck is giving yourself permission. And many of us just keep pushing it and feeling like we got this, right? Like if I just do this one more thing, I will be done, quote unquote, right? But in medicine, when are we ever going to be done with anything? And it's always a progressive, we continue on. It's a lifestyle almost. For sure, very first step is we are high performers, we're high achievers. If we allow ourselves just to say, hey, you know, it doesn't take an advanced degree to tell us we got to rest as well. And how do we reboot those energy is allow ourselves those tiny little segments in between major things. And then you don't have to feel like, oh, I'll just wait, right? But that time might never come. And you'd be too exhausted, too deflated to get moving on to the next thing. Awesome. All right. Hey, my friend, how are you? How did you like this episode? Did you love it? If you do, please subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your mental intelligence. And I do have a big ask. This ask is really not for me, but for everybody else out there. We want to hear your thoughts and your stories because those words and thoughts deserve to be shared. When you share your stories, then you inspire others to take action. You empower them to live into a purposeful and fulfilled life as well. And together, we can be both powerful and passionate where we can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. We can be both powerful and passionate where we're no longer distracted by mundane busy work and focus only on the things that truly matter. We can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me. And together, we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.